today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. New uh, um, uh, uh, criteria, new gauging system out for uh, COVID-19 in Ontario. It used to be stage one, stage two, stage three. Uh, Now we have stretched that out to about five different categories, which allow for a little bit more flexibility within each one and allowing to uh, concentrate and and uh, and react more to one and perhaps less than uh, less to another, depending upon where they are and how affected the region is. Uh, to talk more about all of this, let's bring in Dr. Uh, Dr. Anna Banerjee, uh, is the faculty lead, uh, post-MD education faculty at Medicine University of Toronto with a expertise in Indigenous and refugee health and is with us now. Doctor, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. So we're always uh, wanting more information. We're always wanting uh, to hear all of the information and be transparent. Uh, this is, is certainly a bit more complicated system than the initial one uh, was. What is your thoughts on the color-coded system that we're in now? Well, you know, I'm, I've been reading it, and uh, it explains things, you know, in, in sort of a logical way. The only thing that uh, I notice is, is it's quite complicated. And I think you have to say, okay, what is the rate uh, per population in this region out of a hundred thousand? And then, um, you know, in this situation, if you're color green, you can have ten people. If you have, you know, this many, if you're this color, then you can only have twenty-five. So, and you know, if if uh, communities are going in and out of these colors, then um, it, it can be complicated. Like, they, they, you know, some places the bars may have to. That they close at nine o'clock. In other places, you can close at eleven if you're in a yellow zone or an orange zone. But I think it's a it's an attempt at trying to quantify some of the things that are done. Say, okay, well, we're basing this on numbers um, and risk, and uh, but I, I think it's a little bit confusing. How do you balance complicated and transparency? Because, again, uh, we've certainly seen, we experienced this in Halton where leaders were speaking up and saying, you know, we need more scientific evidence that this is uh, the way to go and, and we don't want to be pushed back into a modified stage two. And then, oddly enough, the cases in Halton up to 36, or sorry, 86 today, uh, putting, putting us, uh, or Halton in third place. So, uh, you know, people are banging down the doors for things to open up as cases are increasing. How how are how is government how are medical officials supposed to balance uh, the complicated nature of opening more things up with also being transparent? Oh, well, I think transparency is key with the numbers and that, uh, but I think it's difficult. I mean, uh, at this point in time, trying to find that balance where you know that when you open things up, uh, you know, and you have people in a small space, that the the virus can spread and the numbers are as high as they've ever been. Uh, versus, you know, people really losing their livelihood. And the fact that this is like eight, nine months now, and it's major changes to people's lives, and people have fatigue. And so, you know, with this fatigue, especially if it, if this coronavirus greatly impacts you, some people say, well, you know, I've lost my job, my livelihood, my place to live, my rent, my mortgage, etc. And I, I think it's a very difficult um, decision. And I think... The, the the more consistency is the clarity the more clarity there is um, the better 
You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, how do you explain Ottawa going from the hot spot that they were at one point down to uh, 34 cases today, tied with Hamilton? Meanwhile, uh, regions like Halton, who were looking to be kept out of a modified stage two, are up to 86 new cases today, putting them in third. How do you explain that flip-flop? So, so it depends on... You know, one individual can go into a region and cause a large outbreak. You know, we've seen outbreaks of, you know, 40, 50, 70 people based on one individual. So it could have been one individual. But also, I, I think I've said this before, we don't really measure, like, the, the numbers that we have are proxies. You know, in many places now, for example, in Toronto, we're not measuring all the people coming in. Now you have to make an appointment to get a COVID test. So there's a lot of people who are really not feeling very well who aren't going in for COVID testing because, you know, or or someone maybe they don't speak English well or maybe they're not organized enough to schedule an appointment. So so that impacts the number of people going into testing. And also kids, we know that, that kids can transmit uh, the virus to each other and they're doing that. We're not picking that up. We're not measuring it. So the numbers that we have are just proxies or trends for it. So, you know, is it that on one day... They have better control in Ottawa, and then the next day there's an outbreak in Hamilton. It's really hard to know, and it's hard to know if the um, the the interactions or the the policies that have been uh, in place have actually caused the changes in in the outcome. Is it really is it real that that COVID is really going down in the community, or is it that we're just not we're measuring it differently, and it looks so- like it's going down when it's not? My next question was going to be, uh, is Ottawa then proof that the protocol will work or can work, but not necessarily the case? Well, I think if it's sustained, if it's sustained, even again, if we're not measuring uh, all the cases, because, you know, for all the reasons I explained, if there's a downward trend, you know, in a place like Ottawa, when they put in restrictions, then then that makes you think these restrictions do work. And I do think that these restrictions work. It's just you know, what's the balance, what's the tolerance for, you know, opening things up versus keeping things closed? And, uh, I mean, uh, there's no question that the restrictions do work, uh, you know, to a significant degree. But will can we maintain them? And will people tolerate maintaining them over a period of time? So, uh, obviously, we're, we're trying to do away with a blanket approach and, and trying to be more surgical, for lack of a better phrase, uh, in, in implementing the, these restrictions, have we found that balance, or are you? Does that really measure daily by depending on what what day the trend or what direction the trends go in? Well, I think that when I look at this uh, this table, you know, or or the graphs and the different colors, and it's a little bit, um, you know, it doesn't put all of Ontario in the same category. So, mm-hmm. you know, someone can look at this and say, well, I'm in this region. And this is where I fall in, not based on, you know, based on something. We're basing it on the number of cases in the population. So this is, I think, one step towards making it a little bit more uh, detailed, a little bit more scientific as far as where the policies are. You may not agree with all the policies. You may say, well, why do you have 50 people in this situation or 100? Where do you get those numbers from? But it, it, it shows how you know, where uh, a certain region fits. 
um, based on on these numbers. So I think it's a little bit we're a little bit further ahead than we were before. Does the public or is the public now realizing that they do, in fact, have an impact on this, that by changing behavior, following protocol, and Ottawa is an example of that, you can get a handle on this? I think most people um, do realize that their actions have an impact. It's like public health. You know, when the numbers are going down, we don't realize that it's the actions that we're taking. It's the masks that we're wearing. It's the things we don't go out to, the, the you know, we're staying at home, distancing from other people. We don't see the 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 negative effects necessarily, unless you're looking at the numbers. But so people don't don't realize that. But I think the majority of people they realize that their their actions are having an impact because still the majority of people wear masks. Still, you know, now we're we're in the areas that are uh, higher rates of COVID. People are staying in more. They're not socializing anymore. So I think that there's been a change with the numbers going up. And so I think people really want to do the right thing, you know, as much as they can. But sometimes I think when it's someone's livelihood or someone's dream, um, you know, they say their whole life to have this restaurant, to have it basically be, uh, you know, non-functional because of COVID. It's hard. It's, It's challenging. And so I think... There are people out there, you know, everyone wants to do the right thing. There are people out there that are being disproportionately impacted. Like, you know, that restaurant that's closed, it's closed theoretically to keep all of us safe. Where, where you know, I may have a job, I may have an income. COVID has changed my life, but not to the point where I'm losing my yeah. job. People in certain businesses, they're they're taking a huge disproportionate hit that someone like me is not taking. So I think... You know, I think that we're getting closer, and I think people do understand the the um, that the importance of the actions. But I also think people are getting tired. Advice for those that are feeling fatigued, that are seeing we've got a long winter ahead of us. What can you say to them, Doctor? There's a spring coming. There, you know, this might. That's be right. Next- After winter, there is spring. Yes, and you know, I think. You know, no one can really know. I can't really predict. And it may be tough for a little while, but I think that once the spring comes, once the vaccine comes, it's not like this is going to go on forever. It feels like it's going to go on forever because it's gone on for eight, nine months, and we're all really tired. The spring is just a couple more months. Then I think the numbers are going to go start going down again. As soon as the weather gets warmer and people are starting to go outside again, um, and hopefully the vaccine will come. So this is not something that will last forever there will there is an end and it's probably closer not close enough for most people but it's closer than we think um and so we just have to you know not give up hope and just do what we do and try to do our best and i think that you know if we can show our appreciation to for example those people who who have been impacted like those restaurants if we can go out and if all of us can go out and get takeout food from our local restaurant you know, just to support them, just to keep them afloat in the next few months. That's something that we can do. So, you know, maybe as a society, we can try to find ways to support each other, um, you know, especially the people who haven't been impacted as much. So, I, but there is an end to this. Dr. Anna Banerjee has been with us, uh, lead uh, faculty lead, faculty of medicine, University of Toronto. Anna, as always, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Thank you to all you and uh, your peers do to keep us all safe. Be well.
Thank you. Thank you very much, Scott. Bye-bye. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.